Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Abdullah Keep Shabazz, Jim Merritt, the program of Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Before we begin the show, let's meet the panel. You know him as the most beloved man in all of the Indiana Statehouse. Well, that was before he started hanging out with me. 30 years in the Indiana Senate, the great Jim Merritt. Hello. Morning, Robert. Happy holidays. And you know him as the owner, the author, the provocateur of IndiePolitics.org, the one and only Abdullah Gim Shabazz. Hello. Hey, my friend, how's it going? I got my little Nightcrawler action figure with me today. Oh, so. well, if I were to think of a description of you, Nightcrawler might just be perfect. <laughs> well, he does look like the devil and he is blue, so there we go. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's start with, uh, because this is our last show of the year, uh, obviously, this running on the podcast the week, the last week of the year, and then on the radio station the last day of the year. Let's start, Abdul, I'll start with you. What was the biggest story of Indiana politics and government in 2023? Uh, the biggest story in government and politics, I would have to say, with repercussions uh, going forward for quite a while, uh, was the John Russ lawsuit. Uh, to get on the ballot uh, under again, the current Indiana law. Well, what was current Indiana law? Uh, you basically had to run in either two primaries to be able to be a Republican or a Democratic candidate or get a letter from your county chairman. For us challenged that, uh, Judge Patrick Dietrich, a Republican uh, appointed uh, Republican judge, uh, basically said that the law violates the Indiana state, the law violates, violates the federal and the state constitutions. Um, so that was thrown out. The Supreme Court is going to hear the case on February 12th, Lincoln's birthday. Go figure. And they did not issue a stay of Judge Dietrich's order, which tells me it sort of gives you you can't you can't really tell how a court's going to lean, but that's but they can drop a little hints. To me, that was a big hint. To me, that's the biggest story because that changes everything here in Indiana with elections going forward. That's like to me, that was the biggest story. Jim, you know, uh, <laughs> I I would have said that too, but just to be different. Uh, I think the biggest story is what really broke towards the end of. Uh, 2023 and uh, this issue of missing the comma uh, the the idea of the billion dollar mistake that we made in accounting with expenses uh, I don't this think is, this is this is for Medicaid yes I'm sorry I'm sorry and 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 it um, uh, you know our friends at the budget agency and the Hulk administration it, it uh, you can't just say these things happen uh, this will have a uh, a rumble. This will have a wave. This will have a um, a uh, catalytic uh, energy to looking how we account in government, how we use federal funds, uh, how how we actually look at funding government. And and I'm hopeful. Uh, and if I were running for governor, I would I would call for a third party administrator to uh, audit all of state government, including Medicaid dollars, which are federal dollars in some regards. And I think uh, I think that in 2023, there were a lot of things that went on that we talked about on this program, but 
this strikes at the heart of budgeting for 2025. And if I'm a state senator or state representative or a governor, uh, I want to make darn sure that when we put that budget together, when they put that budget together, that it's true and that uh, all expenses and, and, and um, it's a wrapped up tight. So I think that I think that ends up being a, the, the story of 23 other than Abdul's um, reporting. And uh, that's going to reverberate. Yeah, I, I totally agree with both of you on this. I would say the third story, though it's not done yet, is Todd Rokita. Is that fair to say <laughs> that the, the unfinished Todd Rokita, will he lose his law license saga? I mean, you can't say it's the biggest story because right now nothing's happened to him that would prevent him from doing his job. But if the Supreme Court comes down, say, in early 2024 and says you're suspended for, you know, 60 days or 100 days or however many days without automatic reinstatement for the attorney general loses law license, that would be a huge story as well. Well, Rob, you could always say the multiple stories that the attorney general has <laughs> given us to yeah. talk about, maybe not the story of the year, but the multiple stories. Yes. Oh, wow. Abdul? Todd Rakita, where, 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 where do I begin? <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, no, Rob, I think you're absolutely correct. Uh, the, the, the perils of Todd Rokita, as I like to call them in the, in this serial, it's like the old perils of Pauline from like the 1920s silent films, where they tire down on the railroad track and the train become, you got to wait till next week to see, to see, to see what happens. Uh, oh, no, Rokita, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Todd Rokita has been the gift or that they, that keeps on giving that you just can't return. You just, <laughs> Every, every day, it's like a new thing. And I just filed uh, uh, two APRA requests, uh, basically open records requests, uh, for documents on two things that Rakita sort of stuck his foot or his mouth into, uh, one of which uh, was an appointment uh, by Diego Morales. And I'm actually defending Diego on this, which really annoys me to, to no end. Uh, what Rakita did was, well, uh, the Secretary of State is, is responsible for receiverships. If there's like fraud and investment securities fraud, and so they had to appoint a lawyer to oversee that. Uh, he originally appointed Mario Masalami, who's the Hamilton County GOP uh, chairman. Uh, but, to, but to do that, you had to be a lawyer, number one. Number two, the, the AG's office has to sign off on it. So Rikita, apparently, from what my sources told me, uh, basically told Diego that, hey, I don't like Mario. He's not nice to me, and he wouldn't help me raise money, so I'm not going to prove his appointment. So we sent a, uh, an open records request for all those communications back and forth between the Secretary of State's office and the AG's office on that one. Then number two, it goes to legalize marijuana with another fun subject of mine. Yay. Uh, Rakita's gotten in bed with this group called Attach, like the American THC organization. Uh, what they're really trying to do is corner the market on THC here in Indiana. Kind of like, uh, Jim, you remember the vaping story a few years ago when they put the thing in the three different bills and so hopefully nobody could find it and the speaker found out about it like, well, we're not going to do this. Well, this is basically what the attached people are trying to do to, to corner the market saying, hey, THC is a derivative of hemp. It's it's illegal. It should be regulated. And Todd Rakita, we want you to help us regulate it. And so uh, Rakita apparently sent a letter. And so I've uh, sent information on that. So the, the, so 2023 was nothing. Just wait till 2024. All right. And, so on, look and, and by the way, and also uh, on the uh, and the, on the receivership appointment, which makes it even more fascinating, is that Rakita appointed uh, his lawyer, Jim Amon who's been helping him in the disciplinary commission stuff to oversee the Diego Morales thing. 
So the fun, right. the fun never ends. Let's start with each one of your stories and work our, our way through. Let's start with Abdul, which was rust. I agree with you in terms of long-term ramification. That is probably the biggest thing to happen in a long time. Of course, the, the as you said, the court ruling, Judge Dietrich, that uh, the, the law that requires you to run in two primaries uh, consecutive or to vote in two consecutive primaries of one party in order to be eligible to run is unconstitutional through the law out. It's currently going to the Supreme Court, which will be heard in February. Uh, it really does change the landscape of the amount of people and the type of people that are eligible to run, Abdul. Yes, and, and also, uh, too, because, uh, like we said, remember, the Supreme Court is going to hear all arguments on February 12th. I want to say, Jim, correct me if I got my dates wrong here. February February 9th is the last day to file for the primary. And I want to say February 16th is the last day to either withdraw or February 29th is the last day to mount a challenge. And so in the middle of all that, you have the Supreme Court basically making a decision as to whether uh, someone can file, so whether, whether someone can be on the ballot uh, under the current rules or the old rules. So and, let me let me ask you this, because you're, you're the only lawyer in the group. You're going to have a guy, because... I've been told by a very reliable source, Rust not only has the signatures, he's going to blow past them because he knows they'll signatures will get challenged. So you're going to have a guy who got the signatures that he's required to get to run for U.S. Senate and a judge said he's eligible to run. And then you would have to have the Supreme Court throw that guy off the ballot after the filing deadline. Or any other candidate for that matter, too, that uh, right. also uh, because remember, it's not just statewide candidates, all local candidates as well, uh, because they have a lot of election folks. Uh, doing their challenges. And I'm working on the story uh, for New Year's Day where I got a hold of the Supreme Court. <laughs> I was like, hey, uh, do you guys realize the date that you just did? Uh, February 12th in the middle of all these filing deadlines? Their response was yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm trying to get a hold of the Election Commission because they told me that the Election Commission is responsible for the date. So I'm trying to talk to the Election Commission. Um, uh, Brad, oh gosh, I can't remember Brad's name, but King. Brad King and uh, what right, is it? Those folks. Yeah. To, to find out, hey, is anything going to happen with the dates? If they can't do anything, then the question is go to the legislature. So, yeah. So this is, oh, this, this, my friend, is not over by a long shot. Jim, before we get to your topic, which is Medicaid, the, the, the rust issue, and I know you, you are on a different side than Abdul and I are on this, but the fact is it's going to really change how elections work in Indiana. It is. And, um, and some for the good, I think, uh, I think, I think uh, the signature from the county chairman Coming from a former county chairman here in my stead, uh, I think it's going to change a lot. I do think that uh, this is a gift to Jim Banks because there was nothing going on. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he was having trouble raising money because it, it, it goes back to, you know, you don't have a raise. Why would I give you money? Uh, and and uh, I think it gives him uh, a real spur to uh, raise money have a primary campaign, he's going to win that campaign. And it just it raises his level of notoriety in Indiana and probably around the country. And I, I think it's going to be catalytic for Jim Banks to become the next U.S. Senator. Yeah, and that's that's why it's surprising he was he whines so much. It's like it should be good for you if you think you're going to win so easily and Rust is this total leftist. Why, why right. are you so upset? Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand that because um, I, we all know the money is the mother's milk of politics, and the more you have, uh, once he becomes a U.S. senator, the more he can give away and contribute to other campaigns in the future. So, I think it's a Christmas gift to the banks. I think they, I think they'll uh, run a 
much more solid campaign in uh, 2024 and win going away. All right. Uh, go ahead. Uh, just real quick, I, I tend to agree with Jim because uh, it, 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 you should always run like you're behind because in, in some ways you probably are. And competition never hurts anybody, even though I'm an, I'm an establishment guy. My thing is, hey, if the guy wants to run, just let him run and just beat him and be done with it. And this is why the, the irony, my friends, the irony of all this has always been the fact that uh, Amy Lowry is a Jackson County GOP chairwoman who had not signed the letter for John Russ uh, to get on the ballot. Uh, but here's the fun thing. Uh, Amanda Lowry works for Aaron Houchin, who authored the bill back in the, the early 2010s to keep Trey Hollingsworth off the ballot, Tennessee Trey, so to speak. But Trey only ran in one primary. Now they changed lawsuits to run in two primaries. So it, it's it's like it's like it's like the Forrest Gump episode where it's like in the in the Watergate Hotel. Hey, there's someone in that room with a lie, so I can't sleep. But next thing you know, Nixon has to step down and and and, and resign. I'm not saying anybody did anything any evil or sinister. They're playing by the rules, but just the the irony, my friends, never ceases to amaze me. Did I say that? Did I mention irony a couple times? Yeah. Well, uh, I think uh, Rob, just to extend this for just a minute, I. I, I've come to uh, uh, to the conclusion that we ought to go back to a convention uh, for all statewide offices, and and rather than a primary, I think that I think that makes all the sense in the world. I was a big proponent growing up in the Republican machine in Marion County of slating, and uh, and before the primary to save us money, and so you know I've come around to the that fact that uh, to the opinion that I think that we ought to go to a uh, a, a convention. You know, back when Whitcomb was outgoing uh, governor and he wanted to be a U.S. senator and Dick Luger beat him in the convention and uh, end up losing to Birch Bayh. But, um, uh, yeah, and, and so, uh, you know, I think it I think it would be good for Indiana to mix up their politics a little bit and, and, and try something new. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com all right, let's uh, the program statehouse happenings. Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, Abdul Hakim Shabazz. Let's look ahead to 2024. I want to make sure we have time to get into this. We talked about the big stories of 2023. The big the big stories of 2024, would it be safe to say number one is going to be the, the governor's race? I mean, if you assume, hey, Jim Banks is probably going to beat John Rust, and then whoever the Republican is will easily beat whatever sacrificial lamb the Democrats throw out there, the governor's primary is going to be the big story in 2024. I, I think so. I, I think, um, first of all, I think this billion dollar mistake uh, will make the session of the Indiana General Assembly in 2024 uh, <laughs> either moot or mute. Uh, I, I think I think it's going to be very, very quiet. And uh, and and they'll there are so many things coming in Indiana that no one's talking about uh, the the cliff of the uh, revenue coming from the federal government uh, for uh, for education money, uh, for the ESSR, where, where it, it promotes a lot of reading when we've seen one in five kids uh, aren't, are, are moving on to fourth grade from third grade and they don't have the proficiency to read. And so literacy and, and those issues, but the governor race will, um, for at least the first five months, 
will um, take center stage because the the Hoke administration, because they don't have revenue and, and they're talking about policy, um, there's a lot of interest in the 2024 election and the legislators are going to want to get in on January out, uh, January 8th and uh, constitutionally they have to get out by a uh, sign to die by March 14th. Uh, and they'll and they'll leave uh, the, they'll leave the state house way before that this year. Abdul, uh, I think the big story, obviously, the governor's race is going to be a major story, but I still think the big story is going to be uh, the attorney general's race uh, this year. Number one, uh, or next year, is Sad Rakita is Sad Rakita going to be disqualified from running because he loses his law license without uh, his license is suspended without the possibility of reinstatement? So that's one issue. Number two. Who challenges him? Already, uh, there's informal polls sort of running around. I'm trying to get uh, my hands on to find out uh, who the delegates or who the delegates uh, have sort of a, a favorite a liking to. So that's, that's one big story. And number two, Jim, uh, there's always that one thing that always happens around Valentine's Day in the <laughs> legislature that no one ever sees coming. But in the, in the 20 years I've been here come September, oh, my God, applause or condolences to, to the voters of Indiana. Uh Whatever that whatever that unknown thing is is going to pop up and probably uh, throw everything out throw everything out of keel because I know for a fact uh, that although lawmakers want a quiet session, there are already some big divisions on the House and Senate. Uh, one of which on anti-Semitism on college campuses and how do you regulate that without uh, trampling over you know free speech rights? Because somebody who may be against what Israel is doing in the Gaza Strip doesn't necessarily mean they're anti-Semitic. They just may disagree with what Israel is doing. So it. It's the the potential there. It has potential to either be really, really quiet or really, really not. My money. I know these lawmakers is really, really not. Uh, you mentioned the convention, and it's going to be a wild one because, in addition to now probably a likely attorney general's race at the Republican convention, you're also going to have this lieutenant governor's race. Uh, Abdul, you know as well as I do, Micah Beckwith is very well organized. He's getting his what he views as his people, people he thinks who will vote for him to run, to register for delegate. He's got essentially, a, uh, you know, a year-long head start on whoever the governor's pick chooses because that person can't choose their lieutenant governor. I mean, I guess they could, but they probably won't until May. And so you're going to have Micah Beckwith with all this time to get his preferred people to run for delegate. And so you're going to have possibly a very heated race for lieutenant governor as well i would uh i'll agree with you up to a point but two things to keep in mind number one i would not be surprised since there may be a contested lieutenant governor's uh race at the convention that you don't already start seeing candidates like say in january after five like hey you nominate me as governor this person is going to be my lieutenant governor candidate so there's sort of sort of sort of sort of a pre-convention post-primary pre-convention run so i would i would not be surprised to see that happening and number two uh one thing i have heard uh, this will be in the next cheat sheet uh, out on Monday. Is that uh, the, the the alarms are going off all over the state in the in the in the establishment circles, and so they're already recruiting people to run for delegates, convention delegates as well. Matter of fact, I may even get my wife to run for convention delegate. Oh boy, <laughs> that's a that's a very exciting times we have here. What? And, uh... and by the way. My wife doesn't need to vote in two Republican primaries because the law has been involved. <laughs> well, doesn't it? Doesn't it, Jim? Doesn't that really make things interesting? Because Rokita, there's going to be a totally different dynamic in the Rokita race potentially versus the race for lieutenant governor. And so you've got all sorts of people who may be running for one 
or the other who are going to be needed in one or the other. Right. And uh, when, uh, for instance, when Steve Goldsmith ran for governor and he he won the primary and uh, he ends up at the convention and he gave it to the convention to make the decision, uh, Bill Friend, who is a state representative, beloved person, was running for for um, for lieutenant governor at that time. And and the Goldsmith people uh, said, we don't want to we don't want to make um, a declaration but we are for our friend. And, <laughs> and uh, that year, uh, Robert Green from Vincennes, who was a uh, a businessman and had a lot of money, uh, ends up getting the nomination uh, and, and, and Goldsmith loses that year to Frank O'Bannon. And so, uh, you know, I, I think this will test the governor candidate coming out of the, of the primary uh, for his or her choice and how strong that individual is in the party. And someone like Brad Chambers, who has you know, served a long time in that quasi-governmental uh, entity called the IEDC, and, uh, and, and, but, but now is a quote-unquote outsider, uh, will, he be, ha- will he have the sway if he happened to win uh, the, 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 the primary, uh, Steve Braun? Uh, who has a, a broad network around the state of Indiana, Republican-wise. I think of it, Mike. Huh? You said what, Steve. I think of it, Mike. I'm sorry. Steve is his brother, yeah. close friend of mine, passed away. But, um, you know, if 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 Mike Braun would come across and say, I want Jennifer uh, Ruth Green from Northwest Indiana, uh, a, you know, a, a very popular Black uh, female Republican who just ran for Congress, that throws a whole switch into it. Uh, so, so it, it's going to be very interesting convention. I'm running for delegate and I want to be there. Uh, and, and, and it, that truly, when we gather again, uh, in late December, 2024, that might be the story of the year. Okay. So before we go, I want to get, go out, uh, kind of with this about the, the divide in the Republican party, it does seem like there is a very, very big divide in the Republican party right now in the state of indiana we saw this in 2022 with diego's victory i mean that's how disliked holcomb was by the delegates that they picked i mean it's hard to do worse than diego and he still won it seems like that divide is only getting greater you know um robert i i think as we close the year it's just more it's a shiny object i think it's become shinier if if, if if that's a word but there has always been a divide in the republican party uh, it, it's always the, the there's always been a, a conservative a really conservative corner and and like a lot like a national uh, the national republican party we've always had these these um I don't want to say tribes, but these these sections of the party. I saw it and I saw it in color when I was um, red, white, and blue when I was the uh, the Marion County Republican chairman. And so it's just it's just it's it's on steroids now. It's brighter now. And so uh, it, it, it it there is a divide there, but I don't think that's the story. That 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 wouldn't be my prediction for twenty twenty four. There's much more to talk about with with a prediction for 2024. And I, I tend to agree with Jim. I mean, obviously, uh, what you're saying in Indiana sort of reflects what's happening at the national level. We have the more establishment wing versus the more ideological wing. 
And it's also true on the Democrat side as well. Uh, you've got you know your 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 moderate sort of centrist Democrats versus your more your more progressive wing. And I think the fact that it says something about our politics that we're becoming a lot more polarized and a lot more a lot more tribalized because people tend to gravitate toward sources of information that tend to, to tend to agree with their world their world point of view. Uh, luckily, eighty percent of America is in the middle, either right of center or left of center. And so you have the extremes that sort of make all make all the noise. So my advice to folks going forward in 2024 is ignore them. Listen to WIBC radio. At least listen to Rob Kendall and Casey. You know, oh, God bless listen, you. Yeah. You know, it's watch what's happening. Read, read any politics and get the cheat sheet. And you'll have pretty much and also Indiana Capital Chronicle and State Affairs, Indiana. And you'll be in good shape. Uh, yeah, and before we go, can anybody catch Braun? Because, Abdul, you had mentioned this. I know Adam Wren mentioned this in Importantville, that there's this poll out there that shows Braun in the 40s. That seems very high. Uh, can anybody catch Braun? Um, I think so, because, like I said, polling at this point in time in the game, it's like like I said before, and it's not politically correct, but I'll say it anyway, it's like being the tallest midget in the room. Because, number one, we don't know who's going to be on the ballot yet. Uh because you guys have got to get signatures. And so to me, I will start paying attention to polling once we figure out who the candidates are going to be. That that's what I pay attention uh to polling. But no, but Braun was about 41%. Zan Crouch was in the mid-teens. Everybody else sort of divvied up the rest. Yeah. Jim. Only person safe uh in 2024 when it comes to election situations is Jim Banks. Everybody else uh is at risk. Well, I got to say, this is one of the favorite things I do each week. Um, and uh, we appreciate you guys. You're absolutely the best. And uh, we love Statehouse Happening. So thank you to Jim. Thank you to Abdul. You guys do a phenomenal job with this. And there's no other show uh, like this. And we couldn't do it without you. Thank you. Hey, thank you, sir. Happy New Year. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall, Abdul Akeem Shabazz, Jim Merritt. The program is Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. And as we said during the show, it is our final show of 2023. We'll comment on that in just a moment. Before we do, I want to remind you, you can find Abdul on Twitter at ATTYAbdul, at ATTYAbdul. And be sure to bookmark his very fabulous website, IndiePolitics.org, IndiePolitics.org. Jim Merritt on Twitter, at Jim underscore Merritt, at Jim underscore Merritt. And he has a great podcast called Merritt in the Morning. Merritt in the Morning. You can find it on YouTube and Facebook by searching for Merritt in the Morning. Me, I'm on Twitter, at Robin Kendall, at Robin Kendall. And starting next week, I'll be back with the Kendall and Casey Show weekdays, 9 until noon. The Kendall and Casey Show weekdays, 9 until noon on 93.1 WIBC. So as we said, it's been a, a exciting year and another year. And I believe, let's see, I'm doing math off the top of my head here. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. That makes it eight years now that we have been doing Statehouse Happenings. Of course, originally called Capital Happenings. And now today, you know it as Statehouse Happenings. And uh, one of the favorite things I do each week, because we get to do a deep dive into what's going on with Indiana politics and government 
And uh, boy, just what a great panel. When you think about the expertise we have with Jim Merritt, who spent 30 years in the Indiana Senate, and then you have Abdul, who runs Indy Politics. Nobody gets information uh, like Abdul. And so we really just love being able to bring you a deep dive on all the important things that are happening in Indiana politics and government. And I'll just tell you what, it's going to be a very, very exciting year. As we talked about earlier in the show, I think the big story of 2023 was indeed John Rust winning that case in court. We'll see how it plays out at the Indiana Supreme Court coming up in February. A lot of people think it's going to go well for him, but you just never know in a court of law. And if ultimately he prevails, probably the biggest story of the year. Jim also made a great point on this massive uh, discrepancy with Medicaid, a billion-dollar shortfall that will resonate for years to come. And uh, our panel, I think, picked two very good stories. And as we head into 2024, certainly the big story right out of the gate to keep an eye on is Top Rokita and what's going to happen to him in front of the Indiana Supreme Court in regards to the disciplinary commission. If indeed his law license is suspended, uh, that will have big potential ramifications at a, at a uh, potential upcoming Republican convention in June of 2024. And if by some, for some reason, he doesn't get automatic reinstatement and loses his law license altogether, well, that's a whole different ball game. So even ahead of the governor's race and even ahead of the governor's primary, uh, plenty to look forward to with Indiana politics and government, all sorts of exciting things going on in the first couple of months of the year. And of course, while all of those things are going on, you're going to have the Indiana General Assembly meeting. And that is where our show really kicks into overdrive each year as those first couple months of the year as the Indiana General Assembly ponders new laws, new rules, new regulations that will have an impact on you. And whatever they do, we will do our best to cover the big stories, the big things, the things you need to know in as much detail as possible each week. State House Happenings right here via podcast and on 93.1 WIBC. So again, that is going to do it for us, not only this week, but in 2023. Hope you have a phenomenal New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Please stay safe out there, make good choices, and we will look forward to talking to you in 2024 here on 93.1 WIBC. For Jim Merrick, for Bill Gim Shabazz, I'm Rob Kendall. You've been listening to State House Happenings.